creating that brand voice, creating all the emotion that comes with it, you know, that community aspect of it, defining all that first before you can create these things. Because if you create these first, you can make them look good, right? You find the right fonts, the right colors, the right graphics. It's like, man, that's a sexy piece. But if the brand voice is not in it, that was established first, it's a waste of time and a waste of money. to the Love Your Brand Podcast. If you're looking for real conversations with real people, you're the right place. Let's go! Mic check, mic check. Mic check in the house. Audio levels. Audio looks good. Audio looks good. Audio is rolling. Cameras are rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Here we go, here we go. Side yard, baby. In the side yard of Rock Thrill. Now, now before we get started, uh, you know, we just need to let you know about our show dates. Uh, October 16th, uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Um, October 28th, um, Roanoke, Virginia. I didn't know Theo Vaughn was in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Theo Vaughn. This past weekend, you watch his podcast. Yeah, Theo, I did. (laughs) You did? I did. Does that mean you no longer do? Man, this thing is blowing my curtain. (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. Okay, it's all good. Remember, we invite people on a journey on this podcast. This time, we're opening the windows, get a little natural light in here. So, a special thank you to our previous. Guess, Miss Belle Ray. Dude, that was a fun episode with her. That was a blast. She's a rock star. So you need to check her out. Definitely. She brings the, the A game, the style. That's it. This is episode nine right now, right? Uh, I believe I so. so. So go check out episode eight with Belle. If you don't know who Belle is, you haven't seen any of our teaser videos about episode eight. She is a branding guru. She focuses on people's wardrobe and attire and how it fits in and ties into their personal brand. And she has a wealth of experience in corporate world as well as entrepreneurship. And she's a firecracker. So we had some good laughs, a lot of nuggets, and we are going to have her back on the podcast for sure to talk about some stuff. Would you agree? I would totally agree. So what's uh let's see, this is gonna be a quickie. What do we wanna what do we wanna chat about today? No, I want you to be in your mic a little closer. It's hard for me to hear you. I can't look at you. I know, you can move that. You can move that. I was thinking about uh you know, when you go online, I mean Elon Musk is is one of those people. I mean, what is he currently the world's richest man? Elon. Elon. And uh, a couple months ago, he rebranded Twitter. You know, that whole, that whole story, it just kind of is interesting. It's interesting, the right word. So you have this platform and so many social media platforms, right? And I personally, I never really used Twitter. And then Elon comes around and he says, I'm going to buy Twitter. What was it? $40 billion? 40 million or 40 billion? It was billion, mm. wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't much. Yeah, you know, weekend pay. And went back and forth and people were like, is he really going to buy it? Is he not? Then it fell through. Then he ended up acquiring Twitter. And like on day one, got rid of a ton of employees because um, they didn't align with what he was about. And then after that, he comes out and he completely changes the name of Twitter, Right. And it goes to X. I like the I like the brand X. Have you seen it? Like the logo? I have. I mean, there's not too many ways you can change the letter X, but it's cool. And as I was thinking further about that, you know, a lot of companies that come our way or a lot of companies, they go through a rebranding process, right? They start off, they create their brand and you get a decade down the road and they say, I need to rebrand because it doesn't align with our values. And so Elon comes in and 
kind of discreetly just changes it. It's not a big push about it. It's more people that are promoting it and saying the change from Twitter to X. And with that, it's, it did a couple things because some people, every brand, you either have a positive or a negative or an indifferent thought about them. Mm. So a lot of people, when they thought about Twitter and where it was, they, they liked Twitter. And then when Elon Musk acquires it, they don't like it anymore because they don't like Elon or vice versa. People that did not like Twitter and then they, Elon took it and now they did like Twitter. And so it just shows the power of the person that's behind the brand, right? It's not really about Twitter or X. Now it's about Elon Musk. He has a personal brand, but Twitter or X is one of his businesses as well. But they're synonymous. What you think of Elon is going to be how you perceive X or Twitter. And how you perceive X or Twitter is how you perceive Elon. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's the same. We've talked about it before. People think of Talon Alexander. They know Jason Ramsey. People think of Jason Ramsey. They know Talon Alexander. And so it doesn't matter how you show up in the other one. You're going to be perceived that way because your personal brand and your business brand work together. They're synonymous, right? Synonymous. And a lot of of people think it's either or personal branding versus like corporate branding, you know? Um, You know, but like you always say, people buy and connect with emotion, right? What do I say? Finish that whole quote. I don't know. I might might kill it. People buy with emotion uh, no, and justify with logic. There you go. People buy with emotion, justify with logic. So X just recently just signed a deal with Paris Hilton. Uh, to do some live shopping. On I didn't platform. see that. Yeah, it, six minutes ago. Just saw it. But by the time this comes out, it'll be probably six weeks ago. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> man, but he is just constantly innovating. Um, right. I see this platform just uh, uh, continue to grow and out, outshine a lot of the other others. Uh, he will constantly have a lot of haters, but... Oh, yeah. Just you cannot fault or, or say anything about his experience and, and just how he takes things and just molds them and grows them. And, man, that dude is a genius. Can we talk politics for a second? I'll keep it really low level. Got to keep it low I, low I won't level. go high level of yeah, politics. You can't, can't do, it, do that so, too much. Now so I'm, I'm just going to communicate what's been said, what, what the news says. So it's just repeating what's there. Which news? <laughs> Facts. <laughs> True story. So Elon comes in and he says that this platform, Twitter, has there's some shady stuff that's going on on the back end. And, you know, with the social media platforms, as they're built, they have the ability, and I mean, this is how they're created for how their reach goes. They're not social media platforms. They're businesses. They make a lot of money. And they're running the world right now. And so he had that there was like a um, somebody had a big following that was going to test and see how broken the system was or if the system was in fact broken. And so he, he wrote a post and it was basically pro Joe Biden. Okay. It just said something positive about Joe Biden. And it showed within an hour, this is how many people it reached. And this was the engagement, et cetera, et cetera. Nothing wrong with that. And then he wrote at the exact same time, you know, on the exact same day, the same text, but instead of saying Joe Biden, he put Donald Trump, just the name. And then he showed the same analytics. So you're tracking completely right beside each other. And one of those, the reach was astronomically further than the other. Now, was this pre, right when he took it over? This was like, yeah, exactly. And Mm. so this was, um, or actually, I think this was probably four to six months ago. And so the point with all that was to show that it appears that it had been manipulated within the algorithm that if you post a certain type of content, we're going to push it to a bigger reach. If you post a certain type of content over here that we don't like, we're not going to give you the reach as far as possible, which, I mean, there's a lot of problems with that if that's truly what happened to where if our First Amendment right is freedom of speech, 
you know, freedom of opinion, freedom of all these things that did not really freedom of speech was getting taken away there. And I think that's why Elon is, is being attacked so heavily. Right. Because now it's equal playing field. It truly is a, a freedom of speech, a, a freedom of, it's a platform um, that's built for individuals and built for dialogue and, and different thoughts and different beliefs. And, you know, it's, it's healthy for people with different beliefs and different perspectives to be able to have conversations and, and not hold one over, you know, with any bias, not give one more growth versus another one. Yeah. Um, you know, by nature, it should be, you know, good marketing practices, um, you know, implementation is just like SEO. Uh, you should, you know, there should be a professional way to amplify your yeah. visibility, right? Um, but that should be equal playing field, no matter what you're trying to amplify. Um, unless you're just saying this, this platform is just for this, unless it's a specialty platform, right? Unless you're, it's, it's out and open. Right. We're right. only going to showcase this, this kind of content. But when you say, hey, we treat everybody the same, but don't, eh, you're just lying to the public. So right. it's, it's, it's truly shady. So he is, he is under a microscope because out of all of them, there's no where There's a few, but there's all the social media platforms. Really, they have biased opinions right now, well, look unfortunately. At when fact checkers came on, right? And so if you and I choose to um, post something, there's these independent fact checkers that are determining content you're posting is true or not. Who determines that kind of a thing? You know, but so the point of what I'm talking about with Elon Musk is not to get political. It was just an example. And I think Elon, what I, what I think he's doing right, one thing that he's doing that is helping his brand so much is that he is not wishy-washy on where he stands on anything. It is crystal clear. This is what he stands for. This is what he does. You see the post that he puts on X platform and as his brand, you know, what's that? I love his post. I love his post. And I mean, he, you have the world's richest human currently, I believe. And he's in the trenches with people like you and I, He's commenting on some of these people's posts and he's just, he asks questions. And so my point with all that is that so many brands, they don't want to offend people. So many brands, they're afraid if they speak their core values that somebody's going to come against them and be like, Hey, you, you stink. You kind of a thing. And we're so scared as a culture of what other people think. And so Elon Musk, what he's doing right is he's not scared of what anybody thinks. He posted and then he knows people that are aligned with him or people that are not aligned with him. And I think we talk about this often, but it's an important point with your brand is that speak what you stand for and let that be the anchor of your business, the anchor of your brand. And that will attract the audience that is aligned that you want to go after anyway. Yeah, and that's the same with your, I mean, even with your services and what you offer, you know, try to be precise. You can't be everything to everyone. Oh, bingo. Unless you're in the toilet paper business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's. Well, that's try to serve thing. everyone. You serve no one. There you go. Unless you're in the toilet paper business. But you're right. And I'm just trying to log in. Keep talking. I want to see something here. Except the toilet paper you business. Put, no, put me on the spot. Put you on the fly. Well, hey, you, yeah, you remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, sometimes you, you, when you put me on the spot, I can't speak. I get your name messed up. I tried to say on the spot. I said on the fly. Fly on the wall. Man, fly on the wall. Pie on, in the pie what? Pie in the what? Pie in the what are you talking about? Y'all, if y'all haven't, I love Family Feud. That show cracks me up. It's clean, you know, for the most part. Some people say some crazy things, but they had Snoop Dogg on there. Jason and I crack up about this episode. And he's in the the final, whatever that, that last segment of the show is. He gets Snoop Dogg and he says, fill in the blank. Pie in the blank. Snoop Dogg says, horse. 
And then you have Steve Harvey that just, he can barely keep his composure to ask the next questions. And you know, in that finale, once you get to 200 points, you win the game. You don't have to go to the next question. So as they're going through and, and Steve Harvey says, man, I sure as heck hope we get here because I want to know what the heck a pie and a horse is. He starts talking about Snoop Dogg, you know, his lifestyle choices. And when you've had lifestyle choices like Snoop Dogg, you kind of say some answers like this. <laughs> and so they get, I remember the question right before that, they get to 199 points. So they're one point off from winning. So Steve Harvey's celebrating. He's like, yeah, now we get to find out what pie in the horse is. We just need one person, one person to agree with Snoop Dogg, pie in a horse. It gets zero. Mm. How often do we share that gif back and forth? Actually, the whole video. Should we drop a link? You ought to drop a link. Actually, just play that little clip. That would be freaking awesome. Let everybody just be amazing. Pie in the horse. Talking about fill in the blank. Pie in the what? Horse. (laughs) Fill in the blank. Pie in the what? The hell did you say? (laughs) What? I need one other person. in this world who for some reason has found a pie stuck up inside a horse cut it and served it to the people survey says yes i love it elon says i hope that even my worst critics remain on twitter because that's what free speech means read that read that again I hope that even my worst critics remain on Twitter because that is what free speech means. Come on. Yeah. yeah but you know what's interesting? That ruffles a lot of people's feathers. But then you got the other side that are like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> now I'm going to buy all the McDonald's and fix all the ice cream machines. Man, this dude is on fire. <laughs> he said that <laughs> fix all the ice cream machines <laughs> but he'll do it he'll do it comedy is now legal on twitter go figure the bird is freed boom this is killing me i love this stuff Mm-mm-mm. when would you advise a company that they need a rebrand So rebrand is a strong word. Rebrand, pivot the brand strategy. Rebrand means, you know, something different to a lot of people. You know, is that coming up with a new logo type, you know, logos, Greek, right? For a logo, a new symbol, a new avatar, um, um, new campaigns, new, new visuals. You know, that's a big word. And I, I don't think a lot of people understand that word. You know, they, they think it's a checklist. Oh, I want a rebrand. Oh, right. that means I want a, I want a new logo, a new color schema, and a new website. And, you know, we're going to want a fresh look, you know, an updated look. I think you got to step back and not even – rebrand shouldn't even be in the – conversation you should be working on your brand strategy constant 24 7 it's a it's a never-ending cycle right so you should be rebranding constantly and when i say rebranding you should be re-strategizing reformulating your your position um trying new new campaigns trying new visuals now, now, granted, you've, you've got to have your, your foundation, your core, and that may even change. You know, I, um, companies got to start somewhere, and, and they go through growth just like we do as individuals, right? And they change, and they level up, and they get more experience, and they get more skills, and they, they find niches, and they find new goals, and, and are able to make new impacts, so if we're saying, you know, rebrand from, you know, if it's a company that's just kind of been doing the same song and dance, you know, for the last three to five years, and it's time for a change. Now, 
nine times out of ten, the same old company ha- hasn't did anything uh, around their brand strategy anyway. So I wouldn't even call it a rebrand. I would call it now you're starting to think about brand strategy, right? Uh, they they look at, at, at branding or rebrands like we need this checklist. And then they go into marketing mode, right? Marketing is about converting and focusing on sales and how do we how do we how do we sell how do we how do we push push out content to convert push 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 branding is about pulling how do you create a brand and cultivate this uh this emotion this legacy this this dream this vision that that people are going to buy into that you're going to take a space in their in their head right some this this lovely space in their in their headspace, and they're going to gravitate towards you. You're going to pull them in. Now that takes time. Yeah, that takes a long time. That takes uh, continuity, consistency, and they've got to, you know, be able to identify with, with you as a human human being. It's got to be a personal connection, right? Uh, because they're going to build your brand, right? Um, a lot of companies, they don't get to work with brands. I wouldn't even call, I'd say half, half the companies we work with aren't brands. They're just businesses with logos. That's true, man. Right? I mean, that's because they're, they're all about market, 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 ROI, dollars. Uh, at the end of the day, who do you got to make happy? The shareholders. And what do they care about? The figures, the dollars. Uh, now, so the brand always has to be developed before any marketing should ever be deployed. The very first thing before you even, you know, even even think about even before you start down a logo path, a tagline, you know, you should be creating your brand by understanding what what the thought process someone is going to have when they think about you, you know, what, what are you going to, what's the headspace going to look like when they think about who you are, who your company is, what you're about? Are they going to think you're, you're, uh, trustworthy, empathetic, bold, strong, um, uh, tech, you know, service oriented, um, you know, always available, uh, capable, you know, what are they going to envision when they see you? Like think, and you can even think, think of other brands, right? Say, are they going to look, look at us like this brand? I mean, you can use comparisons early on because honestly, it's all testing. It's constant testing. That's right. Um, you know, I was telling you about the story I heard about this guy who developed packages for software remember back in the days when comp usa was around there was no cloud yet no cloud i mean you would go into the store and and buy you know physical copy our computers had cd roms yeah TurboTax or whatever you name right. it uh, so he got a gig at apple and he designed like 20 packages you know printed them out put them on little cardboard you know product pieces went to the um room you know to the pitch room threw them on the table and said all right y'all play with them and all the c-suite picked them up turned them around ooh, ee, ooh, you know they were all just mesmerized and it was like 15 people just talking about what they liked on each each box you know oh i like this oh i like this i like this and he said in any meeting, in any pitch, it's not about trying to sell them or pitch them an idea because everything has to be tested. It's about starting a conversation, right? Yeah. And understanding this conversation is, is really, guys, you can like all this. You can think this is it. You can think this is the direction. I could tell you this is the direction, but I'd be lying to you. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take the top three. I'm going to send a team into Comp USA, and we're going to actually have many focus groups. 
and ask consumers. Now, not the people that are selling the product because they don't know anything. I mean, he was like, man, half the time they didn't even know what they were selling, right? They, their ideas were completely irrelevant and always off mark from the consumers. So he got that data. He would show three or four ideas to actual consumers and say, what do you like about this one? Would you buy this one? They would say, oh, I like it. I like this. I like that. Then they would take that idea, flush it out, and that's what they would go to market with, right? That's, that's brand strategy. Which is the right strategy. Which is the, but nobody in today's market, it's all about agile, speed to market. You know, everybody wants to pay this money for this checklist, go to market, get that ROI, make a lot of money, you know, be remote, retire. You know, it's the American dream, right? Um, <laughs> and there, there is a checklist of items that go into a brand. Definitely. Uh, and so you have all those assets and deliverables that come, but everything you're sharing, creating that brand voice, creating all the emotion that comes with it, you know, that community aspect of it, defining all that first before you can create these things. Because if you create these first, you can make them look good. Right. You find the right fonts, the right colors, the right graphics. And it's like, man, that's a sexy piece. But if the brand voice is not in it, that was established first. It's a waste of time and a waste of money. Now it needs, needs to play well with the marketing, right? It's oh, like 100%. there's an alignment, but a lot of companies and, and businesses, they try to lean so heavy, heavy in marketing. They find yeah. something that works, then they beat it to death. Then when it stops working, they're like, oh no, what do we do? We need to market something else. We need to market something else. We yeah. need to market something else. But then it's shiny object syndrome. Yes. To where with marketing, now AI and technology changing daily and there's something new you can do instead of leaving the brand over here, or like just getting left in the dust where it needs a focus and attention. You're over here. Well, here's the next thing. If we just do this, if we just do this, instead of fixing the core root problem over here. So I think like with my question to you was, when do you see like the need for a rebrand? And what I heard you say through that essentially is more the rebrand is more the destination. I'm sorry, the journey instead of the destination. Exactly. And so you don't think, all right, a rebrand, we're going to get here. It's what you're constantly doing, how you're constantly evolving, how you constantly change. And there's times where new logos are created. Mm -hmm. Like I heard, I think it was this past year. Pepsi did a rebrand and I saw this workflow, this chart of like 10 slides of how the agency went through it. And it was over a million dollar rebrand, <laughs> which is, is unreal. I've never charged a million dollars for a rebrand. Maybe I'm undercharging, but to see what they produce was like, you got all that for a million dollars or you only got that for a million dollars. But I mean, they went into a ton of elements of, I mean, the psychology of color you know, um, typography, you know, all these elements of it kind of a thing. Um, but so, th so there are times where companies need a rebrand and which as we started this episode today, talk about Elon Musk to where you have Twitter and there's a brand around Twitter and how people perceive Twitter. Now you have X and there's a brand around X and how people perceive X and Elon Musk saw the problem if he would have stayed in Twitter. And so instead, he realized the importance of the rebrand and the efforts that he's doing on this process to get people um, to join the platform or to stay. Like you just read that quote a second ago. He even wants the critics to stay on there. And you notice he didn't do it right off the bat, right? It's, it's going to be a process. Like right. you knew it was coming. You knew there was going to be a new logo type, a new mark. There were there were going to new, be new associated brand elements, right? Uh, you see this brand strategy on the wall, right? It's like this is going to be your resource to voice your opinion, and right. you're going to get just as the same amount of reach as this other person that has a different opinion. That's his story he's telling, right? And so all the writing was on the wall, you know, the rebrand, you know, is, is continuous. As you see, he changed the mark, but it's, it's going to be an evolutionary process, a continued process. That's why every, every business needs to 
constantly have a, a, a brand officer, brand strategy, uh, an agency, yeah. a consultant that's that's never ending. That they're constantly working with the the customers and and getting their feedback and and really understanding how they're being per- perceived by the marketplace because that is ultimately your brand. You know, you go you go in a year, a year in, two years in, five years in, and you realize your customers perceive a different brand and entity than you and all your right. associates and, and and your board. You're like, we don't even know who we are. We're not. I mean, we're we're saying this thing, but everybody thinks we're this thing. Our brand is totally off. It was a shift. We're not. Yeah. We're we're not in line with. You know, we're are are worse. They're, they've got a lot of open pockets where they can take more market share because they're not doing the proper brand strategy, the, the pro- proper focus groups, proper research, where, you know, their they're loyal, loyal customers, you know, there's room to grow, but they're not, they're not listening. You know, they're, they're going against the grain yeah, rather than with the grain, right? Yeah, that's good. I, um, you know, my background was in the corporate world and that's out of college, went straight into a corporate job and it was a German based company. So I spent you know 10 to 12 years in this environment and our product management team, our research and development team, you know, uh, this was high technology type of equipment that was being produced and softwares and it was phenomenal stuff. But they typically for the longest time, the product managers and project managers would develop all this stuff. And then give us these products. You know, these are multiple hundred thousands of dollars pieces of equipment. And so it's, it's not a cheap product, you know, for people to buy. And when I was there, they would send us a product and we would pretty much have to make it work with our market and try to sell it to our market. And there was so many times, you know, prospects were talking to them. They're like, yeah, but this software doesn't work the way I need it. This software, you need to do this. The software, you need to do that. And it was like the end of my career when I would travel to Germany, we would start bringing our key accounts from the United States market and say, let them tell you exactly what they need. And so we brought these five, 10, you know, business owners over there and they set with the project managers and some project or the product managers are creating it and they're walking them through. And you have the actual people that are going to be using the product that are saying, this needs to be this, this needs to be this, this needs to be this. And when they took the feedback from the audience, more like a focus group of what you're talking about, then when they produce that software and these products and launch to the market, it hit exactly what they needed, you know, and exactly what they wanted. Because it's like if we as a brand or a business, if we know this is what we're good at, this is our sweet spot. Let's say as an agency, we know we're good with online visibility and helping you stand out and increase your visibility and things like that. So what does our audience need? So we have to go to the market and say, all right, this, they know what we're capable of as an agency, but they're going to dictate and guide if we include them in that process to show them or, or to create solutions that help them with the problems that they're experiencing. If we think over here all day long, we can leverage AI or we can do this with social, but they don't need it over there. They don't care. And we're just wasting our time on stuff that our audience really does not need. And take it a step further as a as a brand agency right when it comes to brand strategy you know it never hurts to take a step back when you're looking at a growth plan or scaling and you know we we like to take a step back and say well what are your avatars who are you serving yeah. right marketing 101 yeah they're, they're they're serving say three three groups of people and then we'll, we're like okay well, what's your what's your profit on this group of people you know, oh, it's, it's killer profit. It's awesome. Okay. Well, how much time does it take for you to, you know, to service them? How much support do you give them? Oh, man, we, you know, it takes a lot of support. Well, okay, well, go ahead and knock that off your profit. You know, knock this. Come to find out their biggest market, they're making the less profit on. Mm. So they're still marketing to them. So then we're like, well, you want to do brand visibility on X, but it it produces less profit. So why don't we focus it over here to your other service where you're making the most profit and then you can scale that, right? Right. So we try not to go in blindly. That's why we ask so many questions. Sometimes 
I remember we had a meeting and I, I felt like the guy almost got a little <laughs> a little upset because we were wanting to know this information. Almost like, well, why would you want to know that information? Like, who are, <laughs> we just want you to do this service. Yeah, right. And I'm like, okay, this might not be a good fit because he obviously knows it all already and just thinks that if we just implement this, everything's going to be gravy. Unfortunately, that's not how it works. I find that, uh, you know, those type of personalities, we've had difficulties in the past, right? It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's always good to have a fresh set of eyes and someone else look at at your organization, at your at your business process even. You know, if we can come in and save your company, you know, 40, 50 hours a week, maybe even, even reduce your payload to some of your employees by integrating maybe some of the latest uh, AI integrations and take them and put them on things that are more important that that bring that generate more revenue to your business. You know, so that's a part of brand strategy. That's a that's a consultative service that encompasses brand strategy. Brand strategy is linked to every key component in your organization, every KPI, every dollar. And it's, it's a lot of companies just don't get that. It's it's a direct reflection of how much revenue they generate is their brand strategy. I love working with clients that don't have a business or a brand yet. And we get to start from the beginning. Mm, so fun. You know, so because fun. I mean, to really, I mean, these are how the greatest products look at what we're filming on today, iPhones and the Samsung Android devices and all this stuff. I mean, that started with a vision and now each evolution of a product just blows your mind, but it started with a vision and then a brand was created around it and it tapped into an emotion to where you can watch a commercial or hear an, um, a commercial and it just, it can bring you to almost tears. Mm. It can almost bring you to excitement to want to go out and win the day. Like the work that's done in these brands is incredible. And so when we get to work with a partner and they're like, Hey, this is my crazy dream. This is my vision. This is where I want to go. This is the impact I want to make. And we get to sit with them and just let them vomit everything in their head and put the pieces together and build that for them and then envelop all the, the, the parts that come with that brand and define that brand strategy. Like that's, that's such a fun experience. And it, it's cool that, you know, we invite our partners into that whole process. And I'm thinking of one of our, our clients specifically, like with the clothing line and how much fun they're having through this process mm. because they know what they're not good at. They know, all right, I have the vision. I know what I want to do, but I have no clue how to make that happen, which is why they came our way and why we're partnering together. And as we listen to them and we start putting these things together and delivering them to them and getting their feedback and getting going the back and forth, you see the excitement, you know, happening with them. They're getting so excited for something that was just an idea months ago or years ago or decades ago. And they're seeing it start to come together and working with a client from the very beginning is just such a fun process. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, it's, we get to enjoy doing what we love to do and, and creating something from thin air. It's just mm. it's the most fulfilling possible way that, that we, that, you know, we can live, man. I mean, that's, that's creativity. I mean, that our is. goal, like if we had a goal, when somebody partners with us, it's to love your brand, right? I mean, you're on the Love Your Brand podcast, and that's the whole goal. If you don't love your brand, what are you doing? Right? Life is short. So if you could give, if you could give one piece, one nugget for people, like for people listening, let's say there's businesses out there and they're like, well, how do I know how relevant my brand is? Like, let's almost say online visibility, you know, like, am I doing things right? Is my message right? Like, how would you tell somebody to what to do to figure that out? Well, I would say, I mean, if you're on your own, you know, you can do a few litmus, litmus tests. Uh, 
you know, reach out, do a few surveys, talk to your customers, get a feel of, of where you're excelling, where you're missing the mark. That's good. Um, right. And, and here's a nugget, like, and people I think are sometimes worried about doing that, but you know, this, this guy told me years ago, 20 years ago, he was like, Jason, whatever you think you're going to make this year, he said, go ahead and take 20% off. <laughs> he said, because you're going to have clients that you can't make happy. You're going to have people that will leave, that will just be crazy for no reason, that, you know, I mean, every excuse under the sun, right? And and people take that so pers- personally, right? I mean, mm. I've had it. I've had it where... You know, clients just fell off the radar, and you're just like, dang, what happened to them, right? I don't know. And, yeah, some of them may owe you money, you know, and, and what do you do? You know, a lot of times I just I just count it as that 20%. Yeah, like, it's good. That's life, right? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So people get in this mindset where I've got to make everybody happy. I've got to, and they take wow. it personable, personally, and it, it – it, it almost, it, it ruins your passion. It ruins your creativity. It ruins your drive because, you know, the whole, the whole reason we're in this business is to help, is to help others fulfill their, their dreams and, 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 and grow their, their business and, and, uh, and grow their mission and grow their impact. Right. And, they get so discouraged when a when a client is like, "Oh my God, you know, you didn't your service didn't meet to my expectation. You know, you get a one star or whatever. I'm not paying you, or you know, I have issues with A, B, and C. And right. you know, if it's one nugget, it's like, guys, just just keep moving because that's gonna happen no matter what, no matter what you do." You will end up working yourself to the bone, trying to make make them happy, trying to make everybody happy. And it's just not reality, right? That's right. Every service business, every business in general. That, that guy told me that. Every relationship. Every relationship. Personal relationships. Yeah. I mean, just crazies. Hey, I might have been one of the crazies. Who knows? Um, A little bit crazy. But yeah, 20%. He told me that and I'd be doggone it. Every... Every year, I'm like, okay, I just you can look back now and you can see it. Easy peasy. Yeah. So I, I see that when a lot of when we when we engage with companies and they have projections and goals and whatnot, you know, and you drop that little caveat and they're just kind of taken back a little bit, like, what? No, not us. Um, now there's things that you can do to minimize that, you know, and, and a lot of times it could be your fault. But it's funny. It's like we always say we're we're just people talking to people, right? We try to establish relationships to where people can voice their opinions, just like on Twitter, right? X. Just like on Twitter X. (laughs) (laughs) X Twitter. Like we want relationships to where people can come to us and say, hey, you know, we really don't like the communication it's just not you're not communicating enough for us i know originally we we said it was okay but now we feel like we need more communication right great that's more consulting that's, that's un- unfortunately that's going to be more cost involved well no that's not fair okay great well it might be easier if we part ways right right it's but that open dialogue is very important to have yeah, it's huge a lot of people don't like confronting those conversations, especially when this comes to money, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like, how do you, how do you handle that? And I always say, oh, I, there was a time where I was happier losing the money than having to have the conversation about the money. was <laughs> <laughs> like avoidance, you know, sweeping under the rug. I'll take a hit for this. I just don't want to have to have the conversation about it. There was some healing that had to happen with me with some stuff, but yeah, there's there's been a handful of times where it was like, uh, I may do something more about this just because it was more. I didn't take it 
personally, I just thought that I didn't want it to happen to someone else. So if I didn't do something, if I did do something, then hopefully it would help someone in the future. I always Mm -hmm. try to come at it from a way to where it's not vindictive or where it comes from a, a personal place of, you know, just anger, right? You got to let that settle a lot. Yeah, a lot, man. 20 years in doing this, I can't. Right. Man, I've got stories. I've got oh, four or five beer stories for each one that can have you sitting here all day. You wouldn't believe the things that that I've seen. Oh, I would. Um, I would. Everything from, uh, yeah, companies you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Crazy, man. Crazy world. But I don't know how we got on that subject. Um, well, my question was, what nugget would you give? And, uh, <laughs> so you gave some nuggets. Yeah, I um, gave a few. But I mean, one of those, of what you shared, ask your audience. You know, when I, when I work with clients, it, it's, it's the same thing. When they say, what should we launch or what do we do well or anything it's like ask your ask your best clients you know take take the time take your five to ten best clients and ask them what do we do really well what be vulnerable what what do we really need to improve at? and get their honest feedback because you ask your best clients because they're going to be honest with you they're going to say jason you know you you do really well at this, but then you drop off. I don't hear from you or whatever it is. And if you, the more people you talk to, you'll start seeing a theme and you'll start seeing a pattern. You're not going to see 20 different things that people are saying you don't do well. You're going to see one or two things. Hey, there's a lack of communication, um, missing the mark on this, whatever it is. So then, you know, the one or two areas to hone in on and to improve. And if you can improve those things, I always tell people, if you can anticipate the questions that people are going to ask you and answer them before they ask you, it's going to take away so many objections that people have about doing business with you because you're, they have nothing to ask you because you're answering all of them ahead of time. And so, and all you have to do is simply to call somebody and say, Hey, could you take 10, 15 minutes of your time? And answer a few questions for me. I want to make sure that we serve you really well. We appreciate you as a partner and the relationship that we have. And your feedback is valuable to me. Nobody will turn that away. And it's going to give you gold to help you on this rebranding process. What you're talking about of not the destination of that journey and how to constantly evolve and rebrand to serve your clients best. Yeah. And and it will also help your brand strategy, of course, to reposition. Right. You might learn that, hey, we just don't mesh well with this kind of entity. Right. It could be lawyers. It could be whatever. It could right. be engineers. I'm right. just, just throwing out randos here. Absolutely. Financial advisors. I'm just making them up. But each one of them have different personas and need different That's kinds right. of service. Right. And you can't be everything to everyone. That's right. Um, so, yeah, we've. And and that's what we're constantly doing. Even us, we're we're constantly building that that database of of people that could probably utilize someone else and and be benefiting more from someone else. You know, and we we try to be upfront. Like, man, you really sound like you need to hire somebody full time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you want to micromanage like that? You need to hire a team, brother. Right. Because uh, you know what we're gonna get into. Yeah, <laughs> we're that person. <laughs> You know, I mean, there, and there's a balance there. We all want to get the biggest bang for our buck. You know, if I'm spending on personnel, whether a third party, you know, individual contractor an agency or hiring a W2 employee, I want to get the most out of that person. And so that's valid, you know, but, but so often there, we have some client relationships everywhere. Everybody does to where people try to abuse that and they, how much can I milk this for? How much can I get out of this? And, um, those are just unhealthy relationships. And in our personal lives, you know, we don't want toxic relationships. We don't want unhealthy relationships. We do the the work, we do personal development and counseling and therapy so that we can be our best for the most important relationships in our life. And the same thing needs to happen in our business. 
You know, we don't have to take everybody on and have stress-filled days of working with bad clients. We need to understand these are who we want to work with and these are who we work really well with and just hone in on those relationships. Don't take every client because it's not worth it. Not worth it. Not worth it. And, uh, and constantly, I think I've always said this, try to constantly learn something new. Me, myself, I'm a fixer. So I try to learn something new when it comes to fixing things, like anything from replacing the element from a stove, learning the wiring, to fixing my car, right? But that, that constant evolution of learning something new, you might want to go take voice lessons, take guitar lessons, take, learn something new, and that will, that will stretch you and help your growth also in your business, help you see things from another lens in your business kind of it's like getting reps in right creative reps in to yeah to strengthen your your vision right on brother well well awesome i want to i want to thank elon musk for giving us some talking points today there's a lot you can learn from people like that you know there's free information readily available everywhere if you look at the big brands the big people that are doing things right just watch what they're doing. See what works and what doesn't work because we can learn from them. And who knows? You may hear Elon here on this podcast. Elon, you're listening. You're listening. We need you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the side. I think y'all. he'd like it. I think he'd like it here. He's got a good vibe. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us on the Love Your Brand podcast. Episode nine, right? Episode nine, if you're interested in in joining us for a conversation, we're just people talking to people, uh, you know, check out our website or DM us and we will send you information to apply. That's right. And we would love to have you on. Yeah. And actually in in the show notes, there's a link for talentalexander.com forward slash podcast. And you can go there if you want to come on, join us, have a story to tell, want to share Fill out a contact form. Let us know what topics you're interested in to share with our community. We'd love to chat with you. Appreciate it. Bye, guys. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening and joining us on the Love Your Brand podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. And remember, share the love.